Boy, there is a lot to get to. So I'm going to start with this. I'm going to start with a study on PBS. And then we're going to dive in to all things PBS and NPR. Okay? Now, most of you know that PBS is taxpayer-funded. Most of you are aware of that. Most of you understand that PBS, NPR, whatever, they're all left-wing bias. This has really not been up for dispute my entire life. I, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't fully comprehend that. But they do love to pretend, particularly on PBS, and I'm not saying that PBS doesn't have some good programming. They do. I spent my Sunday mornings watching Nova on PBS. Love Nova. Um, would watch Frontline on PBS. So, I mean, I'm not saying they don't do some things well, but you have to understand who they are. The Taxpayer Subsidized Public Broadcasting Service, or PBS, established in 1969, has an outdated reputation for delivering a polite, objective take on the news of the day, exemplified by its flagship evening program, now called the PBS News Hour. Is that the one that Jim Lehrer did? Okay. Sidebar. I haven't told the Jim Lehrer story in a while. I used to have a co-host. Her name is Heather. She's very good at her job. Heather was also uh, deeply involved in, in the political party aspect of politics, and she was also directly involved with numerous political campaigns. And we're not talking, like, just volunteer level. Like, more than that, okay? Not that there's anything wrong with volunteers. I'm just giving you an idea. She knew her stuff. One day, uh, I believe it was a tea party. PBS came up to her, and they were fi- they're trying to find people at the tea party to do interviews with. And it was for Jim Lehrer's program. And so... They asked her if she would be interested in doing it, and she said, yeah, absolutely, no problem. They brought a couple of other people over, and, and Heather started to notice that, ah, you know, a couple of these other people look like, um, oh, you know, stereotypes and not necessarily the most articulate individuals in the world. Not that they weren't nice people, not that their heart wasn't in the right place, but you could tell that they were picked out because they probably wouldn't present their arguments very well on camera. Well... Heather was going to fix that because Heather knows her stuff. And Heather was going to be able to have this conversation with Jim Lehrer that these other folks probably would not be able to have. Well, they found out who Heather was before the interview took place. And the producer came back and said, I'm so sorry we can't use you. And she says, what do you mean you can't use me? Well, they just they just decided that they were going to use somebody else. And she goes, look, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I'm I'm the most qualified person here to talk about this on your program. I think she was one of the organizers. She was one of the speakers at the event. I know that. And the producer basically said, yeah, I'm I'm real sorry about that. And, you know, I didn't mean to waste your time, that sort of thing. And so Heather goes, all right, look, low key. You're not using me because of who I am, right? And the producer's response was something to the effect of, yeah, you're not common enough. Oh, so you mean I know the issues too well? And the producer basically winked and nods, yeah. You're too smart. 
you know the issues too well, and Jim Lehrer doesn't want to talk to you. Jim Lehrer wants to talk to somebody that he can run circles around. The news media does this all the time. This is a very frequent thing. It's funny because I was thinking about this story of the past couple of days just because of something that Steven Crowder said on his show recently about Bill Maher and everything else. Um, and I, I was like, like, yes, the Jim Lehrer story again. So because my former co-host was too smart, too experienced, was in the media, knew the issues, she was too good to have an intellectual discussion with Jim Lehrer about what the Tea Party really meant. And what did Jim Lehrer do? Well, he attacked the Tea Party in that in that whole skit because she wasn't there. That's what they do. They will take people that they feel that they can run circles around. John Stewart recently did this with a member of Congress who was being too polite to John Stewart. John Stewart was pretending to be polite to him, talking about gun legislation. Then John Stewart said a bunch of lies about uh, guns being the number one killer of kids. It's not true. I debunked that months ago. It's not accurate. And then at the end of the segment, John Stewart stops being nice and basically accuses this guy of wanting to see dead kids everywhere. And everything that John Stewart said in that segment was a lie. A demonstrable, definitive, factual lie. But it didn't matter because he found a guy that doesn't have a lot of public speaking experience. He's a little timid, a little polite. And so John Stewart can run roughshod over that guy. Why do you think I haven't been invited back to News Nation? Everybody seemed to like my appearance on News Nation. John, you like my appearance on News Nation? He says, okay. By the way, um, Aaron Perini, I just congratulated her the other day <laughs> because we sort of are in touch online, not much. Uh, but she was doing that segment with me. And what happened? Aaron Perini and I went to war. We didn't do the polite, we're going to sit here and be nice and let you spew off lies and things like that and then just wait for our time to talk. No, we went to war. And we obliterated these two liberal professors on national television and embarrassed them. And because we embarrassed them, I have not been invited back. Why? Because the news doesn't want that. Hey, guess what? Fox News is no different. Stephen Crowder has mentioned it many times. He would do the same thing, and Fox News would get mad at him for doing it. So this is just something that is done in the media. So PBS tries to tell you that they are an unbiased, objective source of information. And some people believe it because, well, they don't speak in anything but one tone. Everybody knows what PBS sounds like. PBS and NPR all sound like this. There is no, there's no emotion. So you don't know when somebody's mad. You don't know when somebody's upset. You don't know when somebody thinks you might be not telling the truth. It's, they're just monotone. Media Research Center study has deflated the outdated assumption tracking and labeling every guest that appeared on the news hour over a four-month period, November of 2022 to February of 2023, and found that liberal Democratic guests outnumbered conservative Republican guests 126 to 34. That is a 3.7 to 1 ratio. Mm. 
It's real easy to look like you're the right guy when you have somebody asking you the right questions and being nice to you and not challenging anything that you say. Why didn't a reporter today challenge Joe Biden on chocolate chip ice cream being the best flavor? It clearly isn't. Why didn't they challenge him on it? So now there's a bunch of people out there probably think the chocolate chip ice cream tastes great and is one of the best flavors of ice cream out there when it's just vanilla with some chocolate chips in it. The news media, when they when they do these sorts of things, they are presenting to you a false narrative of what our society is, what the facts are, and of course they're they're really just they're lying to you about their own credibility and their own biases. And PBS and NPR have been doing this forever. NPR is falling apart right now. They they're firing hundreds of people. Several shows and podcasts have been canceled. And it's honest honestly, if I were to say one thing about NPR, the one good thing they did was podcasting. They did a pretty good job at podcasting. So PBS loves to tell you that they're unbiased. It's almost a four to one ratio of Democrat guests versus Republican guests. Hmm. I wonder why. There's more, though. Much more. Coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel and the MNC Nation. Riley Gaines, who is the college swimmer, she was booked for my show at CPAC and uh, canceled at the very last minute. I think she got pulled on the main stage and uh, did that instead. So I was bummed because I was looking forward to that on my last day at CPAC because Riley Gaines is going to be there. Riley Gaines, uh, to say that she took it to ESPN would be an understatement. So ESPN celebrated Women's History Month by promoting a special about transgender swimmer Leah Thomas, a biological male who destroyed destroyed real women in the pool. And Riley Gaines was not having it. Again, collegiate swimmer. Leah Thomas is not a brave, courageous woman who earned a national title. He is an arrogant cheat who stole a national title from hardworking, deserving women. The NCAA is responsible. If this was a woman, if I was a woman working at ESPN, I would walk out your spineless ESPN. Youch. Uh, to say that Riley Gaines is still upset about the situation is an understatement. Back to NPR slash PBS. They are one and the same. NPR has issued a correction after it got fact-checked into oblivion by Twitter, but still their correction is garbage. So here's their tweet from yesterday. The international governing body for track and field will ban trans women athletes from elite women's competitions, citing a priority for fairness over inclusion, despite limited scientific research involving elite trans athletes. Squeeze me. Ah, limited, huh? We'll get to that in just a minute. So they got fact-checked into oblivion on that. So then NPR issued a correction uh, a mere one minute later. Correction. An earlier tweet incorrectly stated there is limited scientific evidence of physical advantage. Existing research shows that higher levels of testosterone do impact athletic performance, but there's limited research involving elite trans athletes in competition. You see see that plausible deniability they're giving themselves? Hey, look, we know that you've studied this to the hilt and that, yes, men inherently do have that advantage even after transitioning, but nobody's actually focused on elite 
trans athletes. And that's different, you see? All right, cool. Uh, 2020, trans women retain 12% edge in tests two years after transitioning, according to a study. 2021, trans women athletes have unfair advantage over those born female uh, with testosterone, according to a new study. 2021, again, trans women retain athletic edge after a year of hormone therapy, according to a new study. 2022, new study shows physical differences in transgender female athletes. Uh, it's in the British Journal of Sports Medicine found that transgender women maintain physical advantages in strength and heart and lung capacity after transitioning. Also in 2022, in a new study, researchers at the University of Sao Paulo uh, assessed the strength and aerobic ability of transgender women undergoing long-term hormone therapy as well as those of cisgender men and women Matched by age and physical activity levels, the research found that transgender women had about 40% greater muscle mass than cisgender women. Moreover, they were about 19% stronger and had 20% greater cardiopulmonary capacity. I can, I can point you to a study on the NIH website as well, which is published in August of 2022. Found that trans women elite at... Hey, they said there were no studies on elite athletes. This is NIH.gov. Trans women elite athletes have an extra advantage over regular women. Hmm. No research, though. More coming up. WTRC-FM and HD1 Niles, South Bend. W-